0: Hi, everybody. My name is Remy. Welcome to the For The Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast
1: every week. Thanks for
0: listening. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Jen Hatmaker. Welcome to the show. Um, We are in the middle of my favorite series ever for the love of laughter and we have on comedians and stand-ups and viral sensations and just some of the funniest people in the biz and today you guys <laughs> um today is no exception um so first of all sorry about how i sound i'm recovering from the flu um but i was not going to miss this conversation so on the show today i am so very excited because we have Angela Johnson, one of my favorite comedians ever. She's just absolutely hysterical and you are going to love her. Um, She, she didn't actually get her, her start in comedy. She was in the Oakland Raiderette, which we're going to talk about. um, And went on to pursue a career in acting in LA and like, literally almost overnight made it as a stand up comic with her hilarious sketch on nail salon which I'll have linked on my podcast anyway um in the last decade she has just made it i mean she's everywhere she's got Commercials and she has, she was on Mad TV and she's got stand up shows. She's on Netflix and Comedy Central and she's in movies and um, just absolutely one of the funniest girls in the business. She got married in 2011. And we're going to talk about her cute husband, and what it's like to be married, and I think you're really going to love her story. Um, She talks us all the way through from the very beginning when she did not have $2 to her name in LA to where she is now, and it's really inspiring, and it's really wonderful, and I just found myself loving every minute of her story. You're going to love her. She is so hysterical, and I'm just thrilled she's coming on the podcast today. So you guys, welcome to the show, Angela Johnson. Okay, everybody, welcome to the show. Angela Johnson. Woo-hoo. Hey. <laughs> this is me clapping. I've been your fan for so long, like so long. I, <laughs> it's a decade. I'm just so excited that you're on the podcast. Thank you for saying yes to this. I have no idea why you did.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to do this. Like, I,
1: We have mutual friends and that's, I found you through
0: my mutual friends. And so as soon as this rec- request came through, I was like, are you kidding me?
1: Yes. It's so fun. You're so fun and you're so funny. I'm so mad at you for being so funny. (laughs) Uh, You just got back from a huge tour, just a massive tour, right? Guam, Tokyo. Yes. We went to uh, Tokyo, Guam and Saipan. Wow.
0: And I've been to Guam and Saipan before. I went about eight
1: years ago and um, this was my first time in Tokyo. We had the best time. You did. What did you think of it? I've never been to that part of the world and I would love to.
0: Okay, first of all, Japan, at least Tokyo, I was only in Tokyo. Tokyo was the cleanest place I've ever been to on planet Earth. Yes. And like, there's so many people walking on the streets, and there's no litter anywhere. And not only that, people aren't talking loudly, they are on their phone. Like people were quiet. It was a little eerie. It was a little creepy. Really? I was like, Am I in the middle of an Asian scary movie right now? Because <laughs> the all the Asian countries make the scariest movies of all time. And they then really we do. make them over here. And they're good, but they're not like the original. Um, right. That's I was like, oh my God, I'm in the I'm in the middle of a scary Uh, Asian movie right now because it was like thousands of thousands of people walking down the street nobody saying a word to each other and I was like this is crazy
1: yeah we need to teach them how to be rude and obnoxious yeah
0: that's the funny thing is the only loud obnoxious people we saw were us (laughs) I hated us Like, were those (laughs) Americans
1: how did your how does your act go over there because you've got some hilarious characters that you do do they land over there sort of embedded in Asian culture.
0: Yeah, because I performed in the American crowd. Mm -hmm. So um, I performed at a little bar in Japan that caters to uh, American and like British uh, Uh, citizens who now live there. So um, there's people I met people from all over. I met a guy he's Latino but he's he's from LA but he's there as an actor in okay. Japan he's like I do like theater here in Japan I do like you know local TV show stuff um, this one girl she was a weather caster oh, okay do how do you say it weather caster weather that's right whatever. She does the weather in Japan. Um, and she's American. She was from like Utah or something like that. Um, but I guess there are certain channels for all the Americans and the English speaking people that live there. So those are the ones who came to my show.
1: What was the wildest thing that happened on your tour or the most fun or the most like what is going on moment?
0: Um, (laughs) you know what? Um, well, what I said earlier about just realizing how amazing Tokyo is and they're all like yeah. silent and not <laughs> dirty at all. Right. Um, that was like the wow moment for us that I couldn't get over. But for me, the food, the whole trip oh, was yeah. was food. Ramen, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Amazing, um sushi, all of it. It was That's all my favorite. The food was my favorite part of it. We everywhere. literally
1: plan when we have a trip we plan it around the food. That's yeah. the central reason we're going anywhere at all is just yeah. to eat. Yeah, And me and my friends always, when we travel together, we're like, this is uh, first breakfast. Yeah, um, this exactly. one is second lunch. Uh, yeah. This is early dinner. I mean, I-, I will eat eight times a day and have absolutely no shame. I don't care.
0: Yeah. You just described our trip. Um, yeah. my husband doesn't get that though. I was like, um, you know, we had so much fun. He's like, it looks like you guys just ate though. And I'm like, well, <laughs> right. yeah, that's what else, what are you going to do? <laughs> and
1: that's what we do. We uh, planned where we were going based on food. Yeah. That's I respect that. And that to me is just a sign of wisdom. Um, <laughs> let's go back to the very beginning of your, of your career because this isn't necessarily where you started where you've ended up um right. you were you were a cheerleader for the raiders what the heck yeah wow. what that the heck is, exactly what the heck and you you <laughs> the super bowl
0: yeah um you crack me up um I was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders in 2003, 2002, 2003 season, yeah. we went to the Super Bowl that year, and it was an amazing year to pick to be a Raiderette, and the only reason why I chose to audition for the Raiderettes, let me tell you a story. Okay, a I want to hear it. It's a good one. Get ready for this. I'm ready. Button your pants. Okay. Um, so I don't even know what that means, button your pants. That's I don't have um, buttons
1: on. I work from home. I am I'm chronically in yoga pants, and so okay. I'll just pretend yes. to obey you.
0: Stir up stir up your yoga pants. <laughs>
1: there it is. There it is.
0: Um okay, so I'm from San Jose, right? right. And I wanted to be an actress. However, I would never say it out loud. I would never, because I was embarrassed because like, where do you be an actress in San Jose? Like you don't, that's Uh not even a thing. And it was like, it was so far fetched. I might as well have said, I want to be a princess.
1: Like that's,
0: that's what I should be saying. You know what I mean? Like that's how far fetched it felt. And, um, I had a friend who, uh, moved to LA and she started acting and she was in commercials and music videos Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And she told me, she was like, Hey, if you move to LA, I'll help get you started. And I'll help show you the ropes. And I was like, huh, there's a thing like now this, this far-fetched fantasy is becoming more of an attainable dream, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. And, um, around that same time I had another friend who was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. She was like, Hey, why don't you come try out to be a cheerleader with me? And I was like, "Mm, not really my thing. (sighs) Okay. Um, but I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. My friend asked me to go to LA and that's been a dream of mine. I'm going to try out for the Oakland Raiders as a sign. And if mm-hmm. I make the squad, I'm going to do it for one year. And then I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to try to be an actress. And then if I don't make the squad, then Jesus, you
1: better show me another way. Cause I don't that's even right. know what to do with my life. I love to put little signs in front of God like that too. I'll just chart my own path and uh-huh. God will show me the way by giving me a cheerleader uniform. Like yeah. I get this. <laughs> I get this deeply.
0: If there are no pom-poms at the end of this road. That's I- right. Right. immediately
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. um so i drove to oakland by myself there was 700 girls at this audition oh my
1: gosh um,
0: let me tell you i stopped at forever 21 along the way and i just got like a cheap little miniskirt and some heels and i was like all right let's do this and i tried out and i made it to the second round we had to learn a dance routine and listen i grew up doing like pop or cheerleading i've never been a trained dancer like i don't know all the like pirouette and like uh-huh whatever the terms are. I didn't know any of those things. Um, and so I made it to the second round where we have to learn to dance. And so I'm in this conference room. There's about half of us left, right? Maybe okay. there's, mm, I don't know, 300 girls left. And um, the choreographer, she gets up off the stage um, during teaching. And she was just like, uh, we were all taking a turn dancing, right? And there was a whole group of us dancing. And she like jumps up off the stage, weaves her way through the crowd. And she comes right up to me. And she was like, clearly. You have no dance training. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh,
1: However, you, out.
0: you have something that cannot be taught. And I was like, yes, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I receive it. <laughs> and I end up making the squad. And when I made the squad they call your number I was like number 183 or something like that and mm-hmm. they called my number my first thought was not oh my god I'm gonna be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders okay. my first thought was oh my god I'm gonna be an actress
1: of course.
0: So that's all I cared about. I just wanted to be an actress. And I was like, yes, thanks, Raiders, but this is about being an actress right now. So I cheered for one year. Um, after the Super Bowl, I came home, and the very next weekend after the Super Bowl, I packed up my room in my little station wagon, my hand-me-down station wagon sure. for my mom and I drove to LA and I've been here ever since. It's been about 15 years now. And I started from the ground up.
1: Let's go back to that beginning bit in LA because I mean, that's no joke. A lot of people pack up a station wagon and drive to LA with big dreams and stars in their skies or their writer's uniform in the trunk. Mm -hmm. Um, but you made it, you made. how did you start? Like it, it just feels like such a big city, such a big dream. I, I cannot even imagine how you picked the very first step. What'd you do? Uh, good story, actually.
0: So my friend who said, I'll help show, show you the rope. She kept her word and she did. Okay. And I I came to her and she was like, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to this place, this casting agency, and they cast all the extras on TV.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: so anybody could be an extra on TV. Just go sign up, take a picture, uh-huh. whatever. And when they need somebody that looks like you, they call you, right? So she was like, I want you to sign up to be an extra. I want you to go to this place, but don't wait in line like everybody else. I want you to come with a tray of cookies. <laughs> And I want you to come with your Raiderette headshot. Oh, God! the front window. And I want you to ask for this guy. And I don't even remember his name at the time. We'll just call him Sam for now. She's like, I want you to ask for Sam. And give him the tray of cookies and your Raiderette headshot. And you tell him you're new to town and you want to be an extra. Don't even sign up. You oh just give him that. So I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So, But I listened to her. I go, I pass. There's a line out the door for people trying to be an extra. And then here I am with my sleazy cookies walking right sure. past them. And I go up to the front <laughs> desk and I'm like, can I talk to Sam, please? And they're like, sure, hold on. He'll be right out. This guy comes walking up from like the back room office. Not oh even gosh. joking. He's wearing a Raiders
1: hat. <gasps> Come on.
0: Are you kidding me? Come
1: right I even got chills right now. No.
0: He walks right up to me and I was like, Oh, hi, um, this is for you. And I gave him the cookies and I gave him my headshot, my Raider at headshot. And he was like, Raiders, no way. Mm -hmm. Like starts going off. And, um, basically he was like, all right, cool. Thanks so much. I was like, yeah, I'm new to town. I would love to be an extra. He's like, sounds great. And then like gave him my information. And three days later he called me and my first job was on the TV show friends. Oh my gosh. Wait, which episode? Oh, girlfriend, look at season nine and 10. I'm throughout all the seasons. Oh my gosh. It's like, there's been people who found me on, um, the episode and they'll like, take a screenshot and circle me and tweet it to me and they'll be like, is this you? And I'm like, yes, it is. That's where I got my start in the background, right behind, um, Lisa Kudrow,
1: my new life's mission. I literally cannot wait to do this. I cannot oh wait to find you. And you're just wherever, like in the coffee shop at all the places. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm in the amazing. coffee shop,
0: usually in the coffee shop. I think they had me on the street every now and then, but mainly <laughs> in the coffee shop, drinking coffee, walking from one side to the next, you
1: know, usual stuff. Okay, that's amazing. So this is interesting because you wanted to be an actress, but yeah. you're a stand-up com- comedian now. Like, yeah. where did this leap happen? When When did comedy sort of, specifically stand-up comedy, which is freaking terrifying, like yeah. how did this work its way into your life?
0: Um, it worked its way into my life by me saying, Jesus, I want to be an actress. And he was like, okay, that's cute. Here, tell some jokes. And I was like, Damn <laughs> Okay, I guess. Um... So I, I, like I said, I started from the ground up. I was an extra oh. and then I just worked my way up and then I was a stand in on another show. And then, um, while I was a stand in on that show, um, they gave me my first speaking role on TV. And so I had my first little co-star speaking role on TV. Um, while I was a stand in on the show, this is like 2006 or seven, 2006 or seven, one of those. Uh-huh. And, um, 2006, it was 2006. And, um, While I'm a stand-in on this show... I'm going to this church at the time Mm -hmm. that is very like entertainment industry friendly church. So a lot of actors, dancers, producers, everybody goes to this church. And Tuesday night was their creative arts night. So um, they would have dance classes, acting classes, um, singing, Mm -hmm. whatever. And there was a woman there who was a stand-up comedian and she was teaching a joke writing class. She saw me in the acting class and we would play improv games in the acting class and she saw that I was funny. And she was like, Hey, do you want to come take my joke writing class? And I was like, well, is it free? She's like, like, yeah. I was like, well, I guess so then. Like I had no desire at all to be a comedian.
1: You didn't. Wow.
0: So I was like, I, 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 I became a comedian because the class was free.
1: Oh my gosh. That's that's why I became
0: a comedian. (laughs) And so we're in this class and it's maybe like a month long. I don't even remember, to be honest. Um, and it's every Tuesday and we write our own material and she teaches us little techniques and tricks and stuff like that. And, and I was like, you know what, there's this character that I do yeah. in this story. It's like this nail salon thing <laughs> where like, I, I just talk about the, the ladies that do my nails and she was like, you know what, nail salon jokes are so hacky. Like everybody has a nail salon joke. I would still. Stay away from nail salon jokes.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And I was like, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody does it like me. Yep. So maybe I'll just do it anyways. And thank God I did because that, did. Joke that changed my life. And I'm now talking to you in my office at yep. my house that that joke paid for.
1: It's so crazy.
0: Yeah. So I finished the class, you know, and our graduation of the class was we had to perform at a real comedy club. Like that was a graduation. And um, you hear a lot of times that comics are like, oh yeah, my first time on stage, I bombed. It was terrible. Had that been my experience, I would have never done it again. Hmm. Because this wasn't my dream. Right, It wasn't something I wanted. So if I bombed, I'd be like, cool, I tried it once. Bye. Yeah, But I didn't bomb. I did good. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll do it again. That was my attitude towards it.
1: And so it was, it was this material that you started trotting out at the very beginning and boom, you made it. It's so rare.
0: The nail salon joke is one of the very first jokes that I ever wrote in my entire career. And here I am 10 years later, still doing that joke because I can't not do it.
1: (laughs) I just can't believe
0: it. It's unreal. (laughs) So that video that went viral that everybody saw, the story with that is, um, I get a phone call that there's, um, this company that's doing a Tuesday night at the ice house in Pasadena and they'll pay you 25 bucks. If you come and perform a set
1: 10 minutes, right? All right. It's better than giving plasma.
0: Let me tell you girl at the time, this is now 2007. Nope. This is still 2006. Hold Mm -hmm. on. It's very important. This timeline. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was at a place in my life where I had no money in my bank account, nothing going on. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have auditions coming in. I didn't have op- opportunities. I didn't have any of this stuff happening. Um, So when somebody said they were going to pay me $25 right. to say 10 minutes of jokes on stage, girl, yes, sign must, me up because well be there. gas money. You know, like right. that's going to get me to and from for like <laughs> at least, I'm going to stretch that for like at least a week and a half. You know what I mean? <sighs> So I was like, okay, yes, yeah, sign me up. Let's do it. So I go to this show. I do my 10 minutes and they're like, it's a new company. They're like, yeah, we're going to upload these videos to like, um, this is when flip phones. Okay. This is long oh, yeah, ago.
1: totally 2006.
0: Yes. So they're like, um, you'll be able to download a comedy clip for $2, they were going to charge people $2 to watch comedy clips, right? And so they paid me 25 bucks and maybe a month later, this brand new thing called YouTube came Crazy. out where you can watch comedy clips for free. Yes. So this company took all of those videos and they just uploaded them to YouTube, right? Okay. So now, okay, now we can cut to the beginning of 2007. It's January, okay. right? Okay. And, um, I, I, this is MySpace days. This wasn't even Facebook. This oh, is totally MySpace girlfriend. Yep. So at the time, my, MySpace page, I had maybe like, I don't know, 150 friends. It's just people I actually know right. on MySpace. And I start getting phone calls and from, from family members. That's how it started. It was okay. like my cousin Christy was like, Hey, um, I'm at work and there's an email going around to everybody at work. And it's a video of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a video of
1: <laughs> you. Right. You're What's... like coming through your dates. Wait
0: a minute. What's uh what I'm doing in a video? Hold right. on. <laughs> and she was like, It's you telling a joke on stage about getting your nails done. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember mm-hmm. I did that video that one night. This was like five months ago, right? Then I start getting phone calls from other people. Hey, it's going around this email. Da, 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 da. So this is at a time when if you got an email with a video in it, then you definitely watched it. Cause that that's was a new thing to get that's a video.
1: So true, You're right.
0: Now it's like, we check to see if there's a commercial first. How long is the commercial? Totally. I got to go, you know, this is a four, a four minute video. Forget it. You got a minute and a half. That's it. Yep. That's all you get of my attention. But at the time, it was like, yes, so everybody's watching this video. Uh Then I go and I check my MySpace page, and there's thousands and thousands of messages from people all over the world. Mm -mm. Like people from all over the country. Hey, when are you coming to perform in Atlanta? When are you coming to Ohio? Hey, when are you coming to Australia? When are you coming to the Philippines? When are you coming here? All of these people saw this nail salon video yep. of me doing stand up, and they wanted me to come perform in their city or in their country. Bananas. and I had twelve minutes of material that I wrote <laughs> in a free class. That's all I had. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the best story I ever heard in my life. Oh my god, it's unreal. So thousands and thousands of messages, going crazy. So I don't know how to be famous. Like I've never <laughs> been famous before. I don't know what that's like. Like right. I mean with the Raiderettes like they taught me how to sign on autograph. Like you pick your autograph cuz you have to sign calendars and headshots sure. and you know like that. But that's it, right? Now I have thousands of messages. I'm trying to reply to every single person who's messaging me because I don't know that you don't have to. Oh my stars. <laughs> I don't know that you don't have to. So I'm I'm not even exaggerating. 4 hours oh. sitting there writing to people saying, thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much. And then I start just copying and pasting. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for the support. Like, I'm just like, Oh my God, I have to reply to all of them. You know, four hours later, still not even halfway through. Oh and then I'm getting people like, Hey, is this a robot? Cause you already said this to me before. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm getting returning fans now. Like, I don't even know how to handle this. And, um, <clears throat> so I started getting messages. So remember, I don't have an agent at this time. Yeah. So Everybody in Hollywood saw this video, like right. these networks, executives, producers, and people were like, how do we meet this girl because she didn't have an agent? Oh, totally. So they started sending their assistants to Myspace, oh my to gosh. message me. So I would get messages from people like, hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so at Fox, so-and-so at this network, yeah. so-and-so here, and they would like to meet with you. So now I'm getting messages from people in Hollywood. Their assistants are setting up meetings for me to meet with them, right? Gosh girlfriend i had to go to like staples or like office depot or whatever and and buy myself a calendar because i didn't even have a calendar at the time i had nothing going on in my oh, life insane. I had no money no auditions no oh agent gosh. i didn't have anything going on in my life i didn't so i had to go buy a calendar i had meetings i had to go to now it's like right
1: oh, had to go back and to you know, forever 21 get another skirt girlfriend let me tell you <laughs> yes i did <laughs> Okay, guys, quick break to tell you about two things I'm super excited about. So first of all, if you're feeling like you spend too much, eat too much, own too much, waste too much, you might want to check out the seven experiment video series and books I developed and take the seven-week challenge against excess that literally changed our family's lives permanently. I'm I'm serious. And listen, if you'll use the code podcast at checkout, you'll get $10 off any package. If you already have the book, and some of you do, we have a package for you too, and the code still counts. So you can find out more about all of this at the 7 The7experiment.com. 2nd in the spirit of my latest book, of Mess and Moxie, and my good friend Nicole Nordman's latest album, Every Mile Mattered, the two of us are hitting the road for the 12-City Moxie Matters Tour this spring. So it starts January 24th, and you guys, really, it is, it is such a great night. Tickets are as low as $24, and they are selling out by the day. So grab your friends and get your tickets at moxymatterstour.com. We seriously cannot wait to see you. So all this information about the 7 Experiment and the tour is also on my website at JenHatMaker.com. Okay, you guys, back to the show.
0: When I was telling you, like, I had no money, no auditions, no agent, um... I really, I would wake up in the morning, I would go to the gym and then I would come home and I would eat either Cheerios or Top Ramen because right. that's all I had in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I would like have my prayer time huh. and that's all I would do. I was like, I would pray, I would journal, I'd write my dreams out. Yeah. And then like in my prayer time, I'd feel like God would speak to me about my dreams. And it was like such a powerful hmm. time and, I think it was because that's all that I had. Like yeah. I didn't have anything else but God. Yeah. I didn't have anything else but my time with him. Mm-hmm. So at first it became like it it started as like it was downtime. Like, well, I don't have auditions. I don't have anything in my life saying, Hey, you're on the right track, pursuing your dream, keep right. going. Right. And like nothing was saying that to me. Everything was like, You gave you 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 gave it a good shot. Now sure. You, you failed. It's time to go home. Mm, wow. Like that's what everything in my life was saying, right? And um, the only reason why I stayed in L.A. is because I felt like God was telling me I'm not done with you yet. Yep, I felt barely. it loud and clear in my spirit. I'm not yep. done yet. Just hold on. I'm not done. Even though everything in your life is saying the opposite. I love it. On, I'm not done yet. Wow. So it was that as well as my sister who was like my champion from the very beginning when I moved here. I, I, let me tell you, I told my mom, I said, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to be an actress. And she was like, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) And then I tell my dad, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to be an actress. Uh And he was like, why are you going to do that? You don't know anything. Nobody's going to hire you (laughs) like full on. Just like, keep it real. Nobody's going to hire you. Why are you going to do that? That's totally. And then I tell my sister, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to mm. be an actress. And she was like, yes,
1: yes. Mm. do it. Love it, go
0: for it. So now I'm at this time where I have nothing and I'm like, well, I tried it's time to go home. And my sister was like, no. Did and she wow. sent me money to pay my rent. She would send me gift certificates to the grocery store so that I could get oh. my Cheerios and top ramen to keep going. And she funded the dream basically. Oh, that makes
1: me want to cry and my eyes out.
0: I know it, and, and and not to take away from anybody else who also gave me money during that time because a lot of people did. Right. My mom would send me money, even my little brothers at the time <laughs> who were like still in high school. So they would cute. like send me like you know fifty dollars they saved up. Like
1: oh. not to take
0: away from all the people right. who did invest in me and say no here we want to be a part of this dream with you you know mm. but my sister was the one from day one who was like no 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 and and you're I'm staying there me. and you're not going to give up so this is january 2007 nothing to my name right. no opportunities nothing right all of a sudden this youtube video comes out from um. january to february there's four million views on this I video i can't believe it And so, like, it went viral before the term going viral was an actual good thing. That's right.
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: So, from January, February, 4 million views. Wow. Um, By February, everybody in Hollywood saw this video. They wanted to meet with me. Um, By March, I got a new agent, a new manager. Um, By May, I had auditioned and booked Mad TV. Yep. And so now I was a cast member on Mad TV. Crazy.
1: And- this is all from January to May. Yes. That's insane. Yes.
0: And I ended up writing more material because I'm like, well, if people want me to perform stand-up in all these places, I better write some more jokes. Right. So I started writing, writing, writing to by the end of the year, I had written to at least 45 minutes of material. And... My life had completely changed from January 2007 when I had nothing to my name, nothing in my bank account, nothing in my life saying you're on the right track, keep going. Mm. Nothing but God in my spirit saying, not yet, do not give up, do not go home, I'm not done with you yet. Mm. And my sister saying, here's $50, go get you Mm. some groceries. (laughs) And... By the end of the year, I was on this hit show called Mad TV on Fox, and I was touring the country as a headlining comedian, a stand-up comedian, and my life had
1: completely changed in that one year. It's crazy. God increased your own faith for your own story. Um, Mm -hmm. He can do that. He can enlarge our own imagination for what is to come, even if we don't even have a hint of it yet. Even if we're right. just, we're, we're borrowing money from our, our brothers who were juniors in high school. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing the kind of capacity. I think that that sort of relationship with God can sort of build into your life even before there's yeah. any evidence. Can you talk a little bit about MAD TV? What was, what was that like? What was that experience like? What was the show like? The cast? All of it. I mean, that took you into a completely different space.
0: Girl, yes. I had never done sketch comedy in my life and you see these actors who are on mad tv or saturday night live and they come from the ground lean second city right um ios like all these like improv schools where they've trained and they've learned how to write sketches and create characters and perform them i've never in my life taken one of those classes all i had was a free stand-up joke writing class that was all the training that i had wow and Little did I know that was going to take me so far. So Mm. I got this audition for Mad TV and I was like, well, I don't know how to come up with characters Uh um, or write sketches or anything like that.
1: And is that what they told you to do? Like come with a character, come with oh, your yeah. accents. I auditioned with Bong Kuique and course. I said,
0: This is my sister, Bong Kuique, she <laughs> wants to be a rapper. And so I don't even remember exactly what I did for her, but I had these three characters that I had for my stand up and I just auditioned with those. And um, I ended up booking the show.
1: Were you nervous? Were you scared? Oh, yeah. Oh, my bet. You're
0: in a room by yourself. Okay. You go in with just the producers and the casting director, and then you do your audition. Well, of course, Bon
1: Kwee went in. Enor- that's an enormous character for you.
0: Well, he- here's the thing. So I audition for the show, I end up making it. It's. 2007 it's the same year there's a writer's strike in hollywood where Mm. all of the writers of every tv show are about to strike so Mm, what's happening on all these tv shows is the writers are like pumping out scripts before the strike hits Uh right so on mad tv all the writers were writing a bunch of scripts but they're writing for the actors that they know how to write for. Of course. I'm brand new. So they don't know how to write for me. So I'm end up I play detective number two right. in this sketch. You know? Totally. And, and um, but what they did was they gave us all the opportunity to write and create our own stuff and pitch it. So okay. I wrote a sketch with Bon Quiqui where she works at a place called King Burger. Right. And I turn it in, we read it at the table read. So we go through a bunch of sketches. We read all these sketches. Mm. And they end up picking mine to get filmed. So my biggest sketch on the show, and the only one that I really got to do, was this bong mm. sketch. And we film it. And right after that episode airs, the writer's strike hits. Yeah. Everybody goes on hiatus. Nobody's working. Um, all the writers are on strike. They're renegotiating mm. terms. They come back from the strike. Every TV show has budget cuts. Totally. Um, and what that meant for mad TV was me. I was the yeah. budget cut.
1: Yep. Yeah. You were the so, last man in.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Um, I think they actually cut like three, the last three actors they brought on, they cut some of the writers, like a lot of people got cut and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until later on, on YouTube that this Bonquiqui sketch blows up. Ugh. Nobody had any idea that Bonquiqui was going to be as popular as she was. Okay. It was really, it was Fox. Fox was like, no, budget cuts. We're out of mm. here, you know? Um, So YouTube blows up and it was maybe like a year after the nail salon thing. And this is, this is how funny God is, right? I'm like, okay, this nail salon thing is... You know, it's a year old. Yeah. What's my new thing? What's what's gonna be my next thing? Like I don't really have a new thing. Yeah. Next thing you know, this Bongweek video comes out on yeah. YouTube and it surpasses the nail salon video. Did it? Wow. Yes. So it was like one thing after the next. And then at my stand-up shows, people started coming dressed as the character. Oh no.
1: People, oh, that's amazing. It started
0: becoming this huge <laughs>
1: cult thing. And yeah. it was just, it was unreal. It was, it's crazy. I mean, that was your launching pad and, and now you're just this you're like a comic superstar. You really are. And you're everywhere and everybody knows you. And, and your life just continues to develop and expand. It's so fun to watch you. Also, you got married to a real cute guy. Yeah, um, he's honey. real, real, real cute. You and I have cute husbands in common. <laughs> Let's talk about Manuel for a second because um he's a darling and you're darling together i saw your proposal um Mm. the cutest thing everybody listening i'll put that up on my website so you can see it you guys are it's too cute it's too much i can't i've threw up in my mouth it's too cute (laughs) Um, hey tell us about your wedding because you've got a funny story about it because you got sick right boo
0: yeah i did let me tell you i um don't take vitamins (laughs) in excess on your wedding day i did like this little six pack of vitamins thing and then i also was like very congested so then somebody gave me a decongestant pill but then i got a headache so i took like three advil and it was like i took way too many pills but i was nervous about my wedding so i hadn't eaten anything of course So I had way too many pills in my stomach. So by the time I'm like hair and makeup ready and we're out there doing like our our photos before the wedding, because we we saw each other before the wedding and we took some photos, like in the middle of my photo shoot, all of a sudden diarrhea hits. Oh, that's great. I had to run back to my hotel room, like not even just like (laughs) let me let me let me walk with a hustle. It was run. It was full on. Take my shoes off. Hit your skirt up
1: and go as like yes, girl.
0: Ran to my hotel room. There was still my bridesmaid. Well, I didn't really have bridesmaids, but my best friends were in there, like getting dressed, and they like helped me unzip oh, get out of my dress run into the bathroom <laughs> and it was like even my photographer like she's helping me get undressed like poor thing that's not what she signed up for you know what I mean totally and it was just unreal so oh. by the time I walked down the aisle and the wedding actually started I was like out of it you know oh. like just like um fatigued
1: <laughs> and just dehydrated.
0: was like total dehydrated full on. um so yeah, it was, it was a hot mess. I'm sorry. A beautiful day and a beautiful wedding. You know, it's funny for like a good couple years later, like all I remembered about my wedding was getting sick. And I was like, I had to go to journal time yes. and be like, Jesus, can you please remind me of the good <laughs> things that happened that day? Because devil over here in my ear trying to tell me I only had a terrible time at my wedding. So I'm going
1: to replace these memories. Cause you actually got married and that's a good thing. And he's precious yeah. and yes. he's talented too. I mean, you married another creative artist artistic talent, which is, um, that's fun. And it can also be hard sometimes when creatives marry each other, but, um, you guys have been in a movie together. You were in mom's night out, love it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you also tour separately, right. And he, Mm -hmm. he kind of has his own work too. Is that, is that hard? Have you figured out your rhythm? How does that work in your marriage? It was super hard in the beginning.
0: Um, It was kind of like he would be on a tour and then I would be on a tour and then we'd like crisscross paths Mm -hmm. every now and then we'd see each other at home. But it was mostly like I would fly to his city that he was at or he would fly to mine. And um, it was really difficult. And in the beginning, I remember sitting there and praying and talking to God and being like, hey, God, um, this is great. But when do I get normal married time? Right. (laughs) When do we just right. get to wake up together at the house, go grocery shopping? Like, when do we get to do normal things? Mm-hmm. Like, w- cause growing up, all I've seen were nine to five marriages, yeah. you know, you wake up, you have breakfast, you go to work, he goes to work, come home, you have dinner, watch your favorite shows. Like that's what you see on TV. That's what you see in real life. Right. So all I knew was was nine to five marriage. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Jesus this is great, but when do I get mm-hmm. normal married time? And it wasn't until I felt like God was telling me, well, change your perspective, honey, because mm-hmm. this is your normal.
1: Yeah, good.
0: And when I changed my perspective, it got so much easier because I wasn't longing something else. I was mm-hmm. learning to adapt to what I had. And so it was really about changing my perspective. And that's when it got a whole lot easier. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's still hard like being away from each other. Right. But we had a different outlook on it, a different way to approach it. We did a Bon Qui tour mm-hmm. um, with his band. So um, Bon Kwikwi, it was the first time I had toured not as a comedian, but as an actual character. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. we had his band, was my band. We had backup dancers. We had a whole production, like LED wall, oh, you fun. know, confetti cannons, fog machine. Like it was such a fun fun tour and so he and i got to tour together for we did two tours of that
1: oh that's dream that's dream come true right there yeah it was awesome so fun One last tiny break, listeners. So I want to give you some free stuff. If you're popping into the podcast, but you haven't read my latest book of Mess and Moxie yet, I want to give you some free stuff. So it's just this simple. If you text the word MOXIE, M-O-X-I-E, to 313131. We're just going to send you some free stuff. First of all, you're going to get to download a bunch of my favorite recipes. And second of all, we're going to send you the whole first chapter of the book for free, just so you can take a take a peek at it, have a taste for it, see if you like it. Um, and that's it. No strings attached. So you want a little bit of freebie in the middle of your day, just text the word MOXIE to 313131, and we'll send you your stuff. Um, simply because... I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you for jumping in here to the podcast week after week. So there you go. Free stuff for you. And now back to the show. Um, A lot of your material now, of course sort of comes out of married life, what it's like to live with a man person. Um, Mm -hmm. I heard you talking about when Manuel gets sick and I'm like shaking my head, like, say that truth, say it, say it all how it is. I mean, when Brandon gets sick and I I'm putting sick in quotations, like Uh it's like a minor cold. Uh And I mean, I'm like, you know what? It appears based on your symptoms and your uh, emotions that I guess you, what you have is the bubonic plague. That's uh, that's the only thing I can really assess from this point on. Can you? um, Uh
0: Yeah. And then come to find out it's
1: allergies. (laughs) Yeah. It's indigestion. Yes. I mean, come on. Come on, men folk. Do better. Let me tell
0: you. Dudes. Listen up, dudes. I don't know if anybody else's dude does this. Um, The second my husband gets congested, he makes himself a doctor's appointment. (laughs) He's like, I need to go to the doctor's and make sure it's not something else. And I'm like, um, it's like a little cold. Right. Like full on, just like have some soup. I hate soup. Okay. Well, then drink some juice or something. It's just use your nasal sprays that I bought you. Um, I'm just going to go to the doctor. I'm going to go to the doctor. Right. Like my husband, he is not afraid to go to the doctor because he thinks he has everything in the world when he's just congested.
1: Oh. I it's crazy. I have a limb almost all the way severed to go to the doctor. Uh, I mean, almost hanging off by like a, by a thread or else I'm like, no, I think I'm just going to see this one through. I have the Uh flu right now. And Brandon is convinced. He told me this morning, he's like, I'm pretty sure you have pneumonia. He told me that. I think you have pneumonia. I'm going to call the doctor for you. I'm like, don't call the doctor for me. I I'm a grown woman and I don't have pneumonia and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rest. He's like, Oh Lord. He would have already camped out in the doctor's office. It's crazy this year. What is going on? I know. Let me ask you this and then we'll wrap it up. Um, In your career, who are your heroes? Who do you look toward? Like, who do you love in comedy? Who do you love as an actress? Who do you love like in producing or film? Or um, Mm. like, who are the people that you put up and go, I love what you're doing. Um, I like the way that you're doing it. And I'm paying Mm -hmm. attention. Mm.
0: Good question. Um, In stand up. I would say the people who inspire me the most are my peers. Mm. Um, two, two people I'm thinking of uh, in particular one is my friend Joe Coy, mm. um, he's been doing stand up for so long and he works so hard yeah. and he's at a place right now where he's just blowing up and he's like my go to phone call when I'm dealing with something in the stand up industry yes. like what do you do like when a comedy club owner does this how do you handle this situation mm. like he's my first phone call and he's who I bounce stuff off with and so he inspires me all the time and I'm um, just seeing how hard he works like that is what inspires me and then the guys who open for me my opener comments. Um hmm. they inspire me because I I'm reminded of the hustle, you know, and how hard they work, writing new material, trying to get their stage time, trying to get their their name known, their face out there. Um, um so those guys are the ones that inspire me and in stand up. Um and then acting wise, I mean, there's, there's actors that I see on TV, like in movies, just like movie stars, like, oh my God, Sandra Bullock, I would love to play right. her relative in anything, right. scary movie, funny movie, dramatic movie, whatever. I would love to be mm-hmm. a Sandra Bullock relative sometime in my life. You know, um, there's people's careers that I just love. Jen- uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. I, Friends, favorite show of all time. And then she goes on to do so many great comedic films. Um, So those two actresses, I just love to watch. Those are the ones who who paved the way and inspire me, Eva Longoria, you know, mm-hmm. she's so inspiring, moving from acting into directing and yeah, all her philanthropy that. work. And she starts organizations to like help, you know, those who are in need and people like that inspire me and encourage me to keep going and to remind me that it's bigger than me. It's not just about me and my career and my dreams.
1: That's a great list. All those. People are so talented and I, I really, I'm one of the people that also respects hard work um, and it's com- comedy is hard work. I mean, I, it's funny because your story so special and rare um, to kind of really have made it on your first pass on your first try. A lot of right. those comics are slinging it, man. I mean, they are slinging it in those comedy clubs night after night for $25. I mean, it's really admirable how long people work at it and stick with it and mm-hmm. and keep going and keep pushing. Okay, listen. I'm going to ask you three questions. These are questions we're asking everybody in the comedy series. Um, okay. And here's the first one. Obviously, now you've had a decade of material and um, specials and shows and bits. I mean, you've, you've now developed a ton of content. Um, there's, so there's the most famous ones, obviously that we've talked about, but, and maybe this is one of them anyway, but what is your favorite comedy bit that you've ever come up with? Like, what's your favorite, either like this, this idea or this concept or this character, this, this four minute set or whatever, what was your, what's your favorite personal comedy?
0: Um, I would have to say whatever is my newest bit that I'm uh, working on. That's my new favorite.
1: I say that about writing. Yeah.
0: It always changes. So like my new, my favorite bit right now is my newest one that I have because I'm, I'm excited about it. Cause it's new. I'm still developing it. Uh-huh. It's still tweaking. I'll find a new way to say it. That's funnier. So that's what I'm most excited about. Um, so it always changes.
1: That's a great point. I mean, there's a difference between written comedy and spoken comedy. It's two kind of different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great point. And that's a that's one of the beautiful things about, about doing comedy, specifically stand-up, is you just get to keep turning the dials until yeah. you finally have the joke just absolutely as tight and as good as it can get. Um, it's yeah. like constant practice runs. All right, how about this? Who's someone that... You always wanted to meet. And then when you met them, you, you, you were, you geeked out. You hmm.
0: Who? That's a good question. I'm sure it has happened. Before. Oh, um, Christopher Maloney. Oh, um, yes. He's so cute. Detective Stabler from Law and Order course, SVU. Hello. And I mean, he played a bunch of characters on a bunch of things, but that's how I know him forever and always. Of course, same. Um, I was at a table read for this movie, That never ended up going anywhere, but they got a bunch of actors to read parts that they would essentially cast in those parts. And so we did a table read together because he was going to play one of the characters. Okay. And um, before he got there, I'm sitting at the table and I'm looking at all the name tags of who's coming. Uh Uh-huh. And I saw directly across from me, it said Christopher Maloney. (laughs) Detective Stabler is going to sit right across from me. Are you joking me? And sure enough, here he comes in, walking, sitting right there. And then, like, every time it got to his part where he would read his line, all I could hear was Detective Stabler talking to me in every episode of Law and Order SVU. And then just afterwards, I was that geek who went up to him and was just like, um, hi, can I have a picture, please? Like, (laughs) I didn't even say anything other than, like, can I have a picture, please? No. Like that was it.
1: I can't, can I have a picture, please? You cannot go home without a picture with Detective Stabler. You can't. Yeah. That you would yeah, regret that the one. rest of your life. Last question. Um, and we ask everybody this. This is a question. I don't know if you read Barbara Brown Taylor, but she's like this amazing Christian writer. But um, this is what she asked. And this can be anything. It can be big, it can be small, it can be real, it can be funny, it doesn't matter. Um, what is saving your life right now?
0: What is saving my life right now? Right this oh. minute. Um, I have a CBD pain roller.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes.
0: It's like, it smells like Bengay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's like a roll-on, but it's a CBD roller. Oh and gosh. I have like really bad back pain yeah. all day. Like it just, it never leaves. And um, I, I roll my CBD oh my roller on me. And that's what's saving my life. Which is right brilliant.
1: Getting old is so glamorous. I mean, really, uh, yeah,
0: it really is. I mean, I, I'm at the point in my life where I travel with Tums in my purse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, you never know when you're going to have a flare up. Girl. Like, it,
1: I don't understand. <laughs> Listen, right now, if you were to look at my purse right this minute, I have, I am my grandmother. I've got a huge, like Ziploc baggie full of Halls, mentholatom halls. I mean, I, seem like, I smell like an old folks home and I've got yeah. my readers because I can't read. I can't see my book on the plane. I mean, I'm just a, like a little old lady. Just here I am guys. Anybody need and your hall? tissue. Don't forget your hanky. I promise you I have tissues. I have tons of <laughs> tissues. Well, in fact, and I just put this picture on, on Instagram when I, I was traveling all this week for work and um, because I'm kind of recovering, I, I, I couldn't even, the little tissues were not enough. I brought in my purse, a roll of toilet paper. Cause that's how I do. I saw that. That's how I, I, I do. I you too. <laughs> very, 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 very fancy traveler. Um, Love it. I, listen, you're amazing. I, I'm so happy that you told us our, your whole story because nothing makes me more, glad to hear somebody like you um who just out of grit and determination and faithfulness made it i mean it just it makes yeah. me so glad for you i it makes me want everything in front of you just paved with gold and Oh, thank and you Thank you for making us laugh too, because you really do. You've brought a lot of laughter and humor to the world. And I think we need it right now. I just, if, I, I've yeah. always found comedy incredibly important. It's been a, it's a high value in my life, but right now, oh my gosh, we need, yeah. our, we need our funny people more than ever. We need to be reminded that it's okay to laugh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that there's parts of life that are worth laughing at still. Um, and yeah. so thank you for being a part of that crew who just entertains us and brings us a lot of joy and a lot of delight and um, I'm just I am forever your fan I mean cheering you on in every single possible way thank you for being on today on this podcast I'm the luckiest girl in the world oh thank you okay sister talk to you soon bye oh my gosh I love her Um, I'm not ashamed to tell you that after we wrapped the interview I literally just texted her my phone number (laughs) (laughs) I have no shame. I'm like, I really need us to be cell phone friends. (laughs) She's so great. I really loved that story. That was really inspiring. And it just made me happy. I I I I'm I can't wait to hear what you loved in it because I think there were some parts in there that all of us um can really draw some inspiration from no matter really what our dream is, um what it looks like to hang on tight and to be faithful in prayer and just stick to itness. Anyway, she is she's phenomenal. Guys, everything we talked about on the show today, all of her comedy bits, her links to her shows and her programs, her movies, um, everywhere you can find her on social media. I'm going to have all of that linked in the transcript over on my website at jenhatmaker.com under under the podcast. Um, tab. So if you missed it, I will make sure you have all things Angela um, before you leave this day. So anyway, I hope you loved that as much as I did, and I hope that you're loving this series, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for subscribing and reviewing and giving us all your feedback. We love it. We just absolutely love it. We're here for it. We listen to all of it. We've made so many adjustments based on your feedback. And so, um, thank you once again for being great listeners. We absolutely adore you and. And um, I will see you next week. You guys have a great one. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat.
0: Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.